It is time for the regular season finale edition of State Champs Indiana Extra Point, presented by Lawrence and Illogical University. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. Just go to ltuathletics.com, click on the Recruit Yourself link. Academic and athletic scholarships are available in over two dozen varsity sports, including football. Week nine and the regular season now in the rearview mirror. It is on to the playoffs for everybody in 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A. A handful of 5A teams play this week. The majority of 5A and all of 6A get a week to prepare for their five-week chase to Lucas Oil Stadium as of October the 29th. My name is Greg Rakestraw from the ISC Sports Network, joined as always by Bob Stambazzi, affectionately known as The Baz from 105.9 The Bash in Wabash and Peru. Hello, my friend. How you doing? Just peachy again. I mean, it's been that way for nine weeks. What a great season we've had. And I'm telling you, chomping the bit to get to the playoffs. Each of us had a, a, a massive game in our backyard to talk about that neither one of us did. So let's start with the game that you had on Friday night. <laughs> well, we actually uh, uh, had a, a sloppy game, as most teams did in the great state of Indiana, where Norfield come out slow. Uh, against North Miami. Uh, as Coach Baker and I talked after the game, he had to come to Jesus meeting uh, with these players. They come out in the second half and uh, uh, put it away quickly, and a lot of the uh, younger pups got to play as Norfield defeated North Miami by the score of 35 to nothing. All right, so my game, again, was a little bit further down the radar in terms of games in the Indianapolis area. Turned out to be a really cool story. Uh, going in, the story was Lawrence North. The fact that, you know, they had probably their best team in 15 years last year, lost in the sectional championship game, lose their star player in Donovan McCulley, now playing at Indiana University. A lot of other key pieces as seniors that graduated off of last year's team. But they have surprised some folks. They have victories over Warren Central and Ben Davis. They were 5-2. and two. They were ranked number 8 in 6A. They were playing a Pike team that was 0-8 and had just lost to a winless North Central team the week before. Friends are mine are like, um, you need to get get out of here early. It's going to be a running clock game for you. Pike had other ideas. Pike got their first win of the season. And it was not field condition related, let me say that, because A, Ed Martin Dwayne Bell Stadium has beautiful turf, uh, and we didn't get that much rain on the northeast side of Indianapolis, luckily, until after the game was over. We had missed it a couple of times, but weather conditions were were almost perfect for this time of year. Pike went through their sophomore backup quarterback in LaKendrick Suttles. Nice when you can go to a 6'4", 200-pound backup that's a sophomore. They did just enough offensively. They've been solid defensively all year. Limited Lawrence North to one touchdown. 10-7, Pike gets their first win of the season. Pike and Avon both locally were 0-8 going to the final week of the regular season and got victories heading into now a two-week postseason break. So with that, I think I had the game of the night in the Midwest, if not the country, in my oh, neck yeah. of the woods, literally a couple of miles from where um, we did the, we, I did, I had Pike and Lawrence North. That would be Cathedral and Center Grove. I'll talk about that game in a moment, but let me hear about Lures and Snyder because Lures goes down in defeat for the first time. They will now share a piece of the yeah. Summit Athletic Conference Championship. Three ways, if you will, because Snyder missed a game. They were seven and one. Lures and Carroll both eight and one. But how did Snyder get it done against Lures on Friday night, Bob? 
Well, you're right, Greg. It was a trifecta of a championship come out, but uh, Snyder got out early. Uh, they just run the football, run the football, run the football. I believe they threw four times in the contest, and uh, they led 14 to nothing going into the half. Come out, put another seven on the board, and then Lure started to niche back. And before you knew it, the score was uh, uh, 21 to 15 in favor of. Uh, Bishop, uh, if I've got Bishop Lures on my mind, in favor of Snyder. Then Lures comes out, turnover, and then Snyder puts another six on the board in really what was an extremely, extremely sloppy field. You could not run, you could not throw, and it was, by the way, Greg, both teams. Uh, so it didn't right. favor one right. or the other. But if it is going to favor a team, it would definitely favor Snyder because they are literally – huge up front. I mean, those guys have not missed a meal. They're all about 6'3", 6'4". They're all about 260 to 300 pounds, and they move. Snyder is an outstanding football team, but you think back to when the season first started, and they struggled, and everybody said, ho-hum, here they go. Well, Coach Tipman has these kids playing awfully well and uh, coming away with his big, big win over Bishop Lewis Friday night by a score of 27 to 15. Game was played on the south side at Lures, right? Yes, sir. It was played in the mud. I mean, it was just that there's we got a lot of rain where you didn't get much. We got pelted for two solid days. Yeah. We we had we had crews that were kind of north and west of Indianapolis that talked about they played through a torrential downpour on on, on Friday. So again, we were the lucky ones kind of in, in our neck of the woods. Um, and again, be able to play on turf. And I, and I asked the question about lures, and I thought that was the case. But I remember mm-hmm. back to the semi-state three years ago where West Lafayette had to scramble and come from behind to beat lures on their way to a state championship. That West Lafayette team, of course, featuring George Karloftis, who had himself a day on Saturday uh, in, in Purdue's upset of, of no, then number two Iowa. But again, it is a... It is a larger debate to be had. And again, I think for the most part in 1A, 2A, 3A, and you even just kind of assume, hey, there's going to be a handful of schools that have turf, but on nights like that, you're going to be playing in the mud. Um, obviously in the sack, because you have a range of enrollments uh, and frankly resources available, it varies from school to school in, in terms of what you're going to have you know, from, from a facilities standpoint. Almost as big of a, t- a part of the conversation as Center Grove 6A number one, and in some polls as high as number eight in the country, beat 5A number one Cathedral uh, by a score of 21 to six. Cathedral led six nothing midway through the third quarter. Drew Wheat pops a 67 yard run. Uh, Center Grove scores. Uh, they score again. They then scored in the final minute. That game was not a two score game, it was really a one score game and a low scoring game. But Cathedral plays their games down the street at what used to be Arlington High School. It is now Arlington Middle School. Once Arlington went from a high school to a middle school, Cathedral basically has rented that facility to make it their home base. They have a turf practice field up on the hilltop, a mile down the street on 56th Street on the northeast side. But there is no way no way to put bleachers or have enough parking for them to host football games there. So Cathedral has hosted their games at a variety of places over the years, but they, have now, they now get to call Arlington home. They have put in some significant resources to try to make that grass field um, better. And, 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 and largely it is 
but I have done enough games there over the years where I know that, that if it rains for a couple of days, that turns into the county tractor pull. Uh, and, and, and that is exactly what happened. Now, do I think it benefited either team in that game on Friday night? No. Um, and if, or if it benefited a team, it probably benefited the visiting team. And when that's the case, you don't feel as bad about it. Um, like, for example, like if, if I'm Lures, again, they are the home team here. But clearly, I, I'm not saying they're going to beat Snyder. But if, if you say, all right, you have a very slick and wet field and muddy field, that's going to benefit the team that has the size advantage. Distinctly, that was Snyder in that game on Friday night. You wouldn't say that about Cathedral and Center Grove. Maybe Center Grove is slightly a, a, a bigger football team, but these are the two top teams in the state, so it's a little bit different. So um, I understand so much of the conversation because we simply, at least in the Indianapolis area, hardly ever see mud-stained football uniforms anymore on Friday nights. It just doesn't happen. Virtually everyone, not just the 6As, virtually everybody plays on a turf facility. Uh, so I understand talking about it, but at the same time, I wanted to kind of make clear in this forum, I don't think that's the reason Center Grove won the football game. Center Grove simply was the better team on Friday night. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, I, I you bring up the fact up here, Fort Wayne is in the process, Greg, of every year putting a turf field in one of the city schools in Fort sure. Wayne. And so the next three years, the city schools, the public schools, it'll be all turfed up there. Then the last giant up there without turf will be lure. So you look for them really right. to go out there and raise the money, get it down. But when, when you sat there, and I, I did read a great article on Arlington's field, how they got it back in shape and, Man, that was a fun read, and what a lot of pride they're taking in uh, getting that facility up. But, you know, you look at the big hogs up front. They like to well on this stuff, and you get those <laughs> in, in, in for advantages, right? When you got two sets on both sides, that makes for a well of a football game, and there are some really, really interesting holes being opened up because the only people know where you're going is the person with the ball. By the way, the person that wrote that article was the star running back on last year's Cathedral team. That's my buddy Jacob Langdon. Jacob is now playing football at Columbia University. And, and so Jacob wrote that article last year as a senior. He's really a neat kid. He was an IFCA yeah. All-Star this past summer. And uh, so I'm glad you're able to check that out. And again, I have done a lot of Cathedral Ron Colley state, uh, state tournament games in the mud in that building over the years. So even without being there, I knew exactly, even, even with the repairs and the links they have gone to to improve that facility, um, I knew the mud would be a problem. Um, and the other thing is, too, and there's only there's only a handful of games that 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 would that would make that facility almost obsolete in terms of press box space, press requirements, number of people allowed in the building. That place seats about forty five hundred, has a good amount of parking. Um, there's parking next door down Arlington Avenue um, that, that, that you could have as well. There's only a handful of games that Cathedral could ever play where they would run out of seats and they run out of press box space. Center Grove is one of them. Um, so part of me would have loved to have seen that game at Tech because it's turf. There's, not, there's, there's no more press box space, but there's a lot more space for butts and seats. But I understand Cathedral saying, no, this is our home field. This is where we want to play the game. The one thing that I would be interested in talking about in terms of field conditions, and we'll see how, how fields look three, four weeks from now, is almost mandating 
in the state tournament, you need to be able to find a turf field to play on. That way field conditions aren't a deciding factor in a state tournament game. A lot of smaller schools will find places to play. For example, I did a Monrovia semi-state game one year that was played at Plainfield because they had turf. Three years ago, I did Pioneers game with Adam Central in the semi-state. They played it at Logansport because it was a bigger facility and they had turf. I know that on Friday night, West Lafayette played in their conference championship game against Western and dispatched them with ease. They moved the game day of from Gordon Straley Field, which is grass at West Lafayette, to McCutcheon, which now has turf. So a lot of schools will take care of that on, on their own. I wouldn't be opposed if the IHSAA said, hey, listen, we have the right to say we can move your tournament game as close as we can to your home field so you don't lose a home field advantage. But that way, that way the grounds aren't the deciding or determining factor in a game. I would be okay with that, Baz. Well, they're looking at uh, – it's a great point you bring that up, Greg, because they are looking at Lures Field uh, today to see if they will be able to play there this weekend or there you go. if or if Northrop is available or one of the uh, local uh, schools are available that they can slip over there uh, to use their field. But I will, I will tell people this, that it, you'll see more heavy rollers – on football fields this week than you've ever seen because that's one way to get it to, to get it back in minimal condition to be able to play but if we get the rain we're going to supposed to get it's going to go for not it i i guess i understand your thought i i guess yep. this would be a great debate between me and you because i would be adamantly against it unless the school says well we just can't play in our field because we've seen it in wabash county too where northfield uh, let Southwood come up there and play because Southwood's field was so tore up. I just feel the schools should have that decision. I understand the IHSA and uh, and their thought process and respect it tremendously, but I think that should come down to the schools uh, agreeing to, let's move the game up here 10 miles. Well, we'll both go. And again, and, and again regular season, I'm absolutely with you. Um, yeah. When it's the state tournament, that's where I think the IHSA can say, hey, listen, these are unplayable conditions. Let's go play someplace else. All right, so with that, who do you got this week, Baz? Well, this week we're going to be traveling up to North Manchester, Indiana, as Manchester will host Bremen as the Lions come down. Uh, this should be a slobber knocker because Manchester's really started to hit people and play good football. Now, they took a tough one on the chin against a good Peru team uh, last Friday night, but I think uh, Coach Brandon, we uh, will have his team ready to go. I look, I'll, I'll be quite frank with you, I look for uh, the upset in this one, Manchester to come away because the kids are fast. And they are very physical. All right. The game that I will have on Friday night will be what I think is the best game in the state. Again, knowing it's a more limited supply size oh, sure. in terms of only a handful of 5A teams are playing. No 6A teams are playing. I have 3A number one West Lafayette at 3A number five Burbuff. There is some great history between these two. They met in the regional round in both 2017 and 2018. Brebuff stunned West Lafayette in 2017. Uh, West Lafayette scored a late touchdown to go up 10-7. Rebuff on a kickoff did a reverse, and that young man, Miles McFarland, took it all the way to the house for a touchdown. Rebuff would win and make it to the state championship game where they would lose to Evansville Memorial. The next year, West Lafayette hosted Rebuff and won by a couple of scores. I think it was 24-10. Uh, I, I, I was on the play-by-play 
for that game that night. And of course, Westside would go on to win the 3A state championship over Memorial uh, just a couple of weeks later. These two meet in the opening round. And a couple of three years ago, Chittard, Brebuff, and Garen, I think, has always been in the north half of the 3A draw. But Chittard and Brebuff in Marion County were both put in the northern half of 3A. And West Lafayette, in the last three years, lost to Chittard in the, in the sectional championship game, lost to Garen in the opening round of the tournament last year, and now draws Brebuff here in, in the first round this year and has to come down this way. Shane Fry's team always puts up massive numbers. Brebuff knocked off Chittard to start the season. Their only losses are the number one ranked teams in terms of Ron Colley and Cathedral. Uh, Matt Gasky, their head coach, was an Indianapolis Colts head coach of the week earlier this season. This should be good, and it's going to be played on turf since we just had that discussion <laughs> as well. And, and, and believe me, the team that is happy about happy about that is not the home team. It's West Lafayette because they are have always been a spread the ball, throw the ball team. So they are delighted they are coming to Brebuff and able to play a game on turf on Friday night. That's the game I'll have. You can see it on ISC, My TV, and the IHSAA Champions Network coming up Friday night at 7 o'clock. Baz, anything else for the good of the cause this morning? Uh, we're just going to have a great slobber knocker up at uh, uh, Leo and East Noble on the turf, as you would like to say. Yep. Uh, these two juggernauts, it's going to be a lot of fun with that. It's a rematch, and uh, Leo got them pretty good. It'll be interesting how this one comes up. That's a big game up here. And again, Leo, one of the three unbeaten teams in Class 4A, Ron Colley, number one, Leo, number two. They would not meet into the state championship game. Jasper winds down that group. And again, congratulations to the Jasper Wildcats because um, they they are playing teams, their enrollment or larger. They are now part of the SIAC, the Southern Indiana Athletic Conference. And to run the table against the likes of Wright, Castle, Memorial, Modern Day, North, you have my attention. Tony Lewis doing a heck of a job. Also a former Indianapolis Colts coach of the week earlier this season. That'll do it for us next week. We'll have 5A and 6A to preview. We'll have 1A through 4A to recap. As again, we will be down to 192 teams still playing football across the state of Indiana as of next week. Once again, thanks to our friends at Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself at LTU Athletic. Or Stamp Bob Stambazi and Kevin behind the scenes. This is Greg Rakestraw. Thanks for watching State Champs Indiana Extra Point.